As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I'm Commander Shepard, and this is my favorite Lorecast on the Citadel. Welcome to the Mass Effect Lorecast, the podcast where we explore the vast universe of lore behind the Mass Effect games. We'll talk about all the details you may have missed, ask the hard questions, and more. <laughs> Binge Lunatics in chat says Tom should add Elcor Tone comments. Excitedly, the Mass Effect Lorecast is going live. And that totally, I just read that and it made me stop saying, hey, Spectres, welcome to the Mass Effect Lorecast. We're back. We're live. We're running a little bit late this week, but we've got a really cool episode or two for you potentially about some survey results. I have Sam here with me. He's a little under the weather. Sam, you doing okay, buddy? I'm alive. I'm vertical. Uh, but if I have to pause uh, mid-sentence, it is because I'm coughing a little bit. But I'm here, and I'm alive, and I'm happy to bring these results to you. Yeah, and our um, our expert in the ways of data and parsing, and the parsing of data, and the data of parsing. Cloudy Atlas is joining us. Cloudy, how's it going? Good. I'm also alive. <laughs> Sweet. We all have that in common. Very nice. Well, guys, we've got a lot of data to get through. I know that if you listen to the last episode, you will be familiar with the fact that we had a survey out there again, out on the internets, seeing uh, how you guys would answer some of these questions about Mass Effect. And we have 25 different questions with some potentially surprising results. Why don't we go ahead and just dig into this? Where do we start? Cloudy? Right on. Or Sam? Sam, did you want to chime in? Oh, I was just going to explain, you know, what was different about this survey um, as opposed to the last one. Um, so basically, the the point of this survey was to quiz people on their canon playthrough. You know, so that was the the thing that everyone had to keep in mind while they were answering each of these twenty five questions, and the questions ranged from everything as simple as did you play male ship or female ship um, to things that were more complicated, like you know. If there was a spin-off Mass Effect TV show and anime, which of these settings would you prefer? And then we gave some some uh, some examples, and we have a lot to go through. So 
We'll yeah, break it, down these results from the survey into two episodes. And this episode, we're going to try and just cover the first half of this survey. So 25 questions. We'll try to get through the first 14 in this half. But like you said, Cloudy is joining us again. And, and Cloudy, you have a background in statistics, right? I do, yeah. This is my day job. So I've brought it into something else I love doing, which is playing Mass Effect. So. Awesome. And since this is a sci-fi game, I think I think a lot of people can appreciate that. I mean, we saw a pretty decent reception from the last survey episode that we did. It seemed a lot of people were pretty interested in that. Uh, and this time we have gotten more than 300 respondents on the survey. More than 318 to be exact. That's a I was baffled at that number. It was it was over 100 within like an hour, I think. I've never I've never seen a number that large. I've, I've literally never worked with a number larger than 318. Yep. Nope. Never. Never, ever. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> well, why don't we get started with this? Why don't we, why don't we jump in? And um, you guys want to start with question 14? Is this where we're starting? We're starting in the middle. I was actually thinking we could start at 1, work our way to 14, and then at 14... We'll cover the rest. Oh, in the stop at question. I'm sorry. I'm, re I'm misreading mm -hmm. the notes. Stop at question 14. <laughs> Got it. Got it. That makes sense. All right. So um, here, tell you what, you guys read out, read out the question and then I'll show the answers on screen and we'll discuss it. And I know that this is a little bit, you know, you have the answers on screen as well, but if you haven't looked at the results for one question yet, why don't we do a fun thing where you try to guess the results and we'll tell you. If oh me! Off. I mean, I've got them. I've yeah. got them all up on yeah. the screen because I'm, I'm prepping it. Oh, okay. But uh, uh, I, I think it's <laughs> what we should do is, is well, let's ask the audience what they think, and then sure. the people who are live can put in what they think the answers are, and then we'll reveal it as we discuss it. That sounds fun. Yeah, okay. that sounds fun. Okay, so number one, did you play male shepherd or female shepherd? And for this one, I included three answers: male shep, fem shep, and non-binary shep, because it is an RPG and you can play however you want. Um, so how many for our listeners and for the chat here live, how many percentage wise of players do you think played femship as opposed to male ship and non-binary ship? So, yeah. No, so good. chat, if you, if you were to split this up percentage wise, how many for each male, female, non-binary, we'll give you, we'll give them a second to chime in. Now, why don't we show the results while they're, while they're throwing some, some answers up on screen or up in the chat. All right, so go ahead and start discussing sure. it, and then I'll yeah. put the thing up in just a second. So, Cloudy, you want to read these off for us? Yeah, so, uh, wait, are we going to put in our guesses first, or are we just going to read them off? So, so I, I prior would have guessed, before I knew, I would have guessed that it would have been exactly 50-50. Really? Because I, I think guessed we're men. Yeah, I would guess more men because most gamers are men and most people tend to play themselves. Yes. Or not most gamers, but most more more people who who tend to play these types of games tend to skew male. Right, it's a, and it's a role-playing game, right. you know, you try to put yourself in the scenario. Um but I I was aware of the fact that our primary method of dissemination for the survey was on Twitter. And I was just operating from from I've, I've been very active on Mass Effect Twitter for a while. And so I was operating on the assumption that there would be more females who responded to the survey than males. I think that's, that's also true. What I've, yeah, that's what I've gathered on video game Twitter, especially Bioware Twitter, yep. you know. Yep. All right. So here's the answers and pop them up on the screen. 
we have 53.5% male, 44.6% female, and then the remainder, which is uh, 1.9%, is non-binary. Right, man. So this didn't surprise me too much. I mean, it did a little bit that there were actually more fem sheps than male shep. However, like conversations I've had with the community, I feel like I've I've spoken to far more uh, male players who were welcoming of the idea uh, or said that they liked the idea of playing as fem shep than I have spoken to female Mass Effect gamers who liked the idea of playing as bro shep. Yeah. So, oh, did I say did I say that wrong? Fifty three point five percent fem ship, forty four point six male ship. I think I. Said yeah, wrong. and and given that you know it is three hundred responses, I think it's statistically valid to say. Uh, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Cloudy, but probably statistically valid to say that it's more or less half and half. Definitely. Um, I was surprised by this one because Bioware recently did that um, release of their statistics from what people did with the legendary edition and it, they had it at 60% played male shepherd. So I was super surprised that it was this even, and I came in with the bias that I expected more male shepherds than anything. So this made me really happy. You know, what probably would have been a smart thing in retrospect was to have the first question be, what do you consider yourself? Like wh- what, what are you? That. And then we would have more of a sense of like, what percentage we're starting with and how many people play alternate to who, how they identify themselves. Um, but yeah, we, we didn't do that. I had thought about that and I thought, you know, we're probably getting into the realm of personally identifying information if we go that route. And, and yeah. don't get me wrong, it yeah. is interesting of, of the, the, the things that are personal identifying information and how they overlap with how you play. Um, but I didn't want to um, kind of cross into that realm. Right. Um, but we can move on to number two. Uh, All right. So number two, who did you save on Vermeer? And of course, on Vermeer, there's, that's the key mission in Mass Effect 1, where it's an inevitable sacrifice. And uh, no matter what you do, you got to pick either Ashley or Caden to detonate the bomb and ultimately die. And so I wanna, I wanna give a second for people to kind of guess what the differential was. There's only two possible answers, Ashley or Caden. Yeah, who do you think got the most? Ashley or Caden? And then by how much? If you wanna throw out an extra numbers in there, what percentage did it skew more one than the other? And Cloudy, what would your guess have been before we knew these answers? Honestly, my guess was Ashley was going to win by just a lot more, like a large margin, statistically significant. It was going to be a big deal because like my bias I said earlier, I expected a lot of shepherds to be male. So I expected a lot of them to want to save the female companion or possibly their love interest and that kind of thing. Yeah, I, I had the same perspective. I, I have the same assumption here. Here, Here's the results. Let's pull them up. So we have... Caden, 51.3 Ashley. So that's a differential of almost 3%. Yeah. I mean, 1.3% net. Um, or yeah, about that. Um, so 1.3%, I don't think our margin of error was smaller than that. 
<laughs> so I think that this is statistically valid to say that it's, it is again a toss-up. Um, but again, like like uh, Tom and Cloudy, like you said, if you were under the assumption that most respondents and most Mass Effect gamers were male, it would make sense why you would assume why Ashley might be the one who got saved more often on Vermeer, and especially with something that Cloudy and I were talking about earlier with the way that um, Bioware's own statistics reported this. I think. Do you remember the number that they had said saved Ashley? Oh, uh, I think I have it up. I, don't, I think I don't recall when, when we had yeah. when we had spoken about it earlier. It was almost like hand in hand with the number that had played Broship, right? Sixty percent saved Ashley, according to Bioware, for Legendary Edition. That's and there you go. I mean, sixty some percent played as Broship. 60% save Ashley. Um, I feel like there's a correlation there. But in our own responses, it was half and half with Ashley just having a little bit of a lead, you know, 1.3%. So, yeah. There are, you know, I would like to send this message out to Bioware Twitter because I know Ashley Mancers are very quiet on there. Um, you are not alone, apparently. So, and neither are Caden Mancers. You know, you are equally significant. <laughs> Nice. All right. Are you ready to move to the number three? Right on. Let's do it. All right. So this one says, uh, which ending did you choose for Mass Effect 3? Control, Synthesis, Destroy, or Refusal? What did you, what do you think? Um, I mean, this is our audience. We should say, what did our audience pick? And by, right. by, by how, what kind of margin here? And I know After, this will take a little bit for people in chat to type, but. What do you guys After think? After having spoken to our patrons and our audience a lot, I, I kind of, I was really cemented in my opinion that the majority would choose Destroy, mm -hmm. uh, the red ending. By how much? Um, honestly, uh, like a three to one ratio. So mm -hmm. that's what I was thinking. Yeah. Okay. Well, here, why don't we show it? We've got, here's the results. We have 68.4% Destroy. So look at that. That's like two thirds of that pie. 22.5% uh, synthesis. Control is 9.2%. And refusal is non existent. I don't think it's on the chart at all. Nope. Not a single person refused. Which it's the worst. It's not my least. It's not my favorite. I think <laughs> I don't want to like put my bias in there, but it's that would be a very interesting choice to put in 100 hours in a game and then refuse. Well, yeah. I, um, I will 100% stick my bias right in there and say that destroy is my preferred ending. Uh, that's not a secret, though. Um, however, I am surprised at 9.2% of respondents. So 9.2% of, you know, 300. That's roughly about, you know, uh, what, like 20, 27 people. Um, that's quick maths in my head. Quick maths from the journalist, so yeah, very unreliable. Pretty close. Pretty close. Um, <laughs> sure. Uh, Twenty-seven-ish people said that they chose control. I would like to have a word with them. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Binge lunatics in chat says, "I'm disappointed in ninety point eight percent of you people." <laughs> hmm. Yeah. Um, well, honestly, the control one. I, I was talking about it with Cloudy again earlier, and I said, "I'm not surprised if you went into the control ending and you chose it because you thought." I'm going to take the burden upon myself. I don't want to change anyone's life and I don't want to kill anyone. Then I understand why you chose that one. Um, I totally get it. 
Uh, if you chose control because you did want to become an everlasting AI god, then I am worried. <laughs> <laughs> Seems like a crazy power trip. Um, yeah. But but there you know another significant number synthesis the green ending twenty two point five percent. So. A decent chunk of you, uh, green ending folks. Uh, although I would have guessed that number would have been higher. Yeah. Well, here let's move on to number four. Um, this so this question has a different spectrum. You guys want to explain this? I can explain this one. Um, so basically, what we did is pure Paragon would be it's a scale of one to five. Mm -hmm. Pure Paragon is one, and then pure Renegade is a five. So you can be kind of neutral as Shepard, or you can do a little bit in between. So we let people answer kind of, it's like a like, like a sliding scale. Right. So one so would be pure, three would be completely neutral in the middle. So two would be slightly Paragon, four would be slightly uh, Renegade, and then full Renegade. So the, the question is, so for chat, and those of you listening at, at home, um, do you play as Ren uh, Paragon or Renegade? And do you would you put a one for full Paragon, two for slightly Paragon, three for complete neutral, four for slightly renegade, or five for complete renegade. Where do you think people ended up? And here's the results. Let's put it up on screen. We've got one being pure paragon at 31.9%, two being slightly paragon at 49.8%, neutral at 28.8%, um, slightly renegade at... Uh, I'm sorry, neutral at 8.8%, 8 .8%, 28 people, uh, slightly renegade at 7.3, and then totally renegade at 2.2. What do you guys think? Did you expect this? I I did not. I mean, I expected more to be Paragon, but I mean, when you add those numbers about the, you know, like the pure Paragon and slightly Paragon, you get about 81, 82%. And that is more than I thought it would be. I'm not at all surprised that the majority, well, plurality, almost a majority of respondents are slightly Paragon. That's not surprising. But the fact that there's so few who are willing to be neutral to any level of Renegade, that was surprising to me. Yeah. So I expected it to be like a, a fairly amount, a good amount one, more for two, almost no three, and then up for four and then slightly down for five. I expected it to be like two big bumps. You know, and, and with, yeah. with the with the renegade bumping smaller, but still three being the least of all of them, because the game doesn't yeah, like an, it doesn't reward you for being neutral. No, it punishes you. Yeah, it actually punishes you more for being neutral than it does for being renegade. And and shockingly enough, there's a greater amount of neutral players in our uh, survey than there were in uh, just slightly renegade. And of course, that difference is only about five individuals. So I'm not sure if it's statistically relevant given the number of responses we got, but it's still surprising. Yeah. Yeah. I expected less. What do you think, Cloudy? I wasn't surprised Paragon led in the majority, but I didn't expect it to be this big of a majority. I was saying to Sam, uh, I find this really humorous because it's just it's so funny. It's like the ultimate power trip fantasy. You have all this power in the galaxy and people just want to be nice. Like it just makes me <laughs> really happy. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. It's, I mean, I think it's hard for most people to play a not nice protagonist. Like it, it kind of grates on you a little bit. Yeah. And, and when you say I, no, you close off a lot of quests as well. Like you'll say no to your companions of help me on this and then you don't get a cool quest. So true. 
That's a great point. I mean, it's very hard to be a completionist gamer while also being renegade because there are so many opportunities that are like those doors are closed and you just don't do the quest. And they get better about that from one to three, primarily happening in two. Um, and some quests are even renegade locked, but not not a lot. I mean, pe- like you said, people be like, hey, can you help me? And the renegade thing is to say, no, fuck off. <laughs> and that's just, you know, that's that. Um, but again, yeah. Um, wow, 81, 82% of players somewhat, uh, at least somewhat Paragon. Um, now, I play as Paragade primarily, so I'd fall in two, I think, um, mm-hmm. the, the two category. Yeah. Um, but, but again, yeah, just overall uh, response to this question from, from my perspective, it's surprising to me that it was even close between neutral and Renegade. All right, moving on to number five. Do you think the indoctrination theory, did I mess up that word, indoctrination theory has valid points? Do you think there's anything valid about that? I'm sorry, I was making a face. It's just indoctrination theory. Yeah, yeah. So the options were yes, no, or somewhat. So what do you think? What would you go with? And what do you guys, what did you expect? I expected, yes, I expected a majority of people to say, yes, it has valid points. Um, failing that, I expected, you know, a plurality to say somewhat, um, but I certainly did not expect a plurality or a majority of players and respondents to say that, no, it doesn't have valid points, just from what I've gathered from online forums. Right. All right. So I'm putting up on screen here. We've got the results 45.9% say somewhat the next highest is no at 27.7% and then 26.4% say yes cloudy what do you think about this i really thought it was going to be a lot of yeses cuz when mass effect 3 came out a lot of people were dissatisfied to put it politely about the ending so i could see a lot of them hoping the indoctrination theory was a lot more like possible as a reason for why all of this happened. So I really thought the yeses and the uh, somewhats were going to be uh, flipped on this. Because the so question I is, does it have valid points? Not, is it canon? Not, is it 100% insurmountable? But do you think there's some valid points there? Right? It's a, kind of a very small ask. Like, uh, on a political spectrum, if you were to say, like, hey, you, you skew more of this ideology, but do you think the other ideology sometimes has some valid points? I mean, you'd kind of be lying with yourself if you said no. Like sometimes they do like, right. You may not like it, but sometimes they do. I worded it that way on purpose um, because there is this, you know, argument in any indoctrination theory discussion online. It it inevitably boils down to the denier saying, well, it's not canon. And you're right. It's not canon because Mm -hmm. the Mass Effect developers already confirmed that that's not what they had in mind. But um, and so that that debate has been settled and I'm not interested in that debate. Right. That's not the question. Right. So I said, do you think the indoctrination indoctrination theory has valid points? Because I just wanted to know how many people are entertained by it. How many people are entertaining this notion? Um, and so 45.9% are at least giving it some level of thought, uh, which is not surprising to me because like Cloudy said, so many people were disenfranchised by the ending of Mass Effect 3 when it first came out because they felt like their choices didn't matter. So historically even in politics when people feel disenfranchised they might they might um flock more toward fringe and conspiracy theories Mm -hmm. yeah yeah that makes sense 
All right, we got to keep going. We got to keep the show on track. We're moving up to number six here. Who do you think is the benefactor in Andromeda? This is an Andromeda question. Who do you think the benefactor is? There are a lot of options here. Um, can I see there them were all? Options that, oh my gosh, there were options so many. that we provided, and I'll give yes. you the main options that we provided. And then there was an other section where they have where they could answer themselves. So here are the main options that we provided: Cerberus slash the Elusive Man. The Citadel Council, the Shadow Broker, the Reapers slash the Catalyst, a new character, or the Geth. And then there was the other one. Then there was like fill in the blank, which isn't the main focus of the, but it'll be interesting. We'll highlight some of those. So what did you guys expect? I honestly, I had no idea what to expect. I I guess I expected a lot of people to say Cerberus. Um, that's, I mean, I that's what I, I would have put my money on. That being the first. Yeah, that would have been that would have been the first for me. Um, but I did not anticipate as many people answering the Reapers and the Catalyst as as they did. Yeah, Cloudy, how about you? I really thought it was going to be the Shadow Broker because like they already had audio files of Liara in that game. I was like, oh, they've already kind of put foot in the door of setting her up as the um, benefactor in this. So. Yeah, I thought it was really possible. Well, here's the results. Pretty. We've got I've got them up here. We've got um, let's see, thirty point one is a new character. That's the highest the highest one. And then twenty nine point four is Cerberus or the Elusive Man. Twenty five point five is the Shadow Broker. So th- those three are very close. Then we have down at three point six percent the Citadel Council. And the Reaper slash Reaper slash Catalyst at 2.3%. And then we have this assortment of other ones here. Things like haven't gotten yes. far enough or I didn't play Andromeda or um, Jeff Bezos Descendant was my favorite. Jeff Bezos Descendant. Yes. Uh, unsure didn't play a lot of a lot of unsure didn't plays. You could probably group those into a solid percent. Um, yes. I'm seeing a lot of uh, I don't know. I didn't play it or I didn't get far enough in Andromeda. I saw a lot of that. We've got a Sam. One, that's, one that stood out to me. <laughs> yes, Sam, the AI. Um, <laughs> one that stood out to me, uh, pretty interesting to me, was someone related to the Leviathan. That was a unique answer. Whoever uh, wrote that scored brownie points with me because, of course, I'm a huge fan of that DLC in the original trilogy. And that would be interesting. Um, but yeah, uh, we had a wide variety of, of assortment of answers, and uh, I, undecided was was a pretty common one. If you group those in with didn't play Andromeda, yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah. And I have a message to say to all these people that that answered and said Andromeda isn't real, Andromeda is not canon. I don't care about Andromeda, you know, blah blah. blah. Look, I'm I hate to burst your bubble, <laughs> but. As much as you may not have liked Andromeda, and this is coming from someone that didn't really like Andromeda, as much as you may not have liked it, it existed, it was real, it happened, <laughs> it's Mass Effect, it's canon, just like you know, Tom and I have spoken about this. I'm not a huge fan of ESO, but I'm a huge Elder Scrolls fan, and I'll still accept everything in ESO to be canon. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just because you don't want to play a game doesn't mean that the uh, the writers don't consider it to be legit part of the the story in the universe um so n- here we go number seven and we just just time check guys we're about halfway through the first 14 and we're already half an hour into the show so either we have so. to do three episodes or we have to go faster 
this is where we're at. Well, I think I think I think we can go faster because some of these next questions are. I mean, fairly quick. Anticipate, yeah, I don't anticipate us having a lot of discussion about right. them. So I think this one can be quick because we have a ton of results because it looks like it was a right in your answer kind of thing, right? Uh, it, the question is favorite gun in Mass Effect, and we got so many right in answers, over a hundred, and. Guys, is there anything that stood out? I mean, I see, I see the uh, the Black Widow a good number of times. Um, Black Widow is definitely the most uh, prolific answer in this uh, spreadsheet of answers. Mm -hmm. And uh, failing Black Widow, uh, Cloudy, I think you said that you saw a second most popular one. The second one was the Matic, which I have never used. It came in at. 10% after the Black Widow at 12.5%, which, but the one that was missing was the Typhoon, which you guys, it's such a good gun. Just give that gun to Garrison. It's a walking game at that point. It's a great oh, yes. gun. Fully I like, support that. I like this answer. The one that goes pew pew. I saw one that said Gunny McGunface. <laughs> Gunny McGunface. Um, yeah, some of, some people wrote things like, I don't remember the names. Um, some people listed more than one. We got a big variety. Yes. But what's cool about this is the number of different answers. Like, this shows that a lot of people have different play styles. They went different guns. They There's, I mean, yes, some of them are, you know, skewed to the top of the list. But there's just a lot of variety Absolutely. Here. I mean, the, the plurality only had 12%. So... Um, and yes, the Matic is incredibly high damage per second uh, for those who like to min-max. So if that's your thing, choose the Matic. Uh, but yeah, I do see a few people said the Typhoon, but not nearly as many people as I would have thought. Uh, pro tip for gaming, if you want Garrus to go god mode, invest all the points and weapon damage, give him the Typhoon, and it's, it's pretty fun. There you go. Well, hey, we need to go thank our patrons real quick, and then we're going to get on with the rest of the questions. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. I am so excited about our sponsor this week, Marvel Strike Force. I freaking love Marvel Comics. Growing up, I collected comics and the trading cards, and I've seen pretty much every Marvel movie they've made so far. So if you're into Marvel like I am, go check out Marvel Strike Force. This is a mobile squad RPG. You can collect and unlock all the different heroes. You fight against supervillains. There's a campaign. There's a blitz mode. There's an arena. There's a constantly evolving meta. And right now they're celebrating the Deadpool anniversary event. This is a mission from Strike where you log in the first time and you unlock this generous gift containing character shards, a anniversary diamond orb gear a bunch of other items it is absolutely the right time to jump in and try this game out click the link in the show notes to download it now and then use the promo code maxpool m-a-x-p-o-o-l maxpool don't miss out on all the free stuff and thanks again to marvel strike force for sponsoring this episode as humans we're naturally driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed when i was looking to hire someone it was so slow and overwhelming i wish i had used indeed if you need to hire you need indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast ditch the busy work use indeed for scheduling screening and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster and indeed doesn't just help you hire faster 93 percent of employers agree indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites 
according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Message coming in. Patching it through. I am sovereign, and this station is mine. I like the sound of that. Lewis MD in chat says, I wrote in James Gunn. That is not a gun. I'm sorry. That is a director. Um, <laughs> welcome to the middle of the show. This is where we get to thank our patrons. I'll try to make this quick, but we do have some new patrons to welcome in. People like, I don't remember, did we see it? Do you N7 Muse last time? Sometimes the dates get a little mixed up. And then uh, Cyclops88 and Captain Shanko and Rowan and Kent L. Welcome to the Patreon. Thank you so much for signing up. And we have to shout out all of our patrons all 64 of you thank you so much and our captain shepherds kolkashins captain shanko kira c lieutenant Tassino, pipe man and uh william thank you so much to all of you guys you guys are amazing um patreon.com slash mass effect lorecast if you're looking to help support the show or just want to check out all the cool stuff you can get lots of stuff over there um sam and i have been working on the new shirts for year two and that will be up starting next month. So get in on that. I've also been working with um, Patreon on how to work out the whole retiring system so that you get year one if you still sign up now and then you can get in on getting year two also. Um, turns out the thing that they told me like six months ago isn't maybe true. So I'm working with customer support. I thought, according to them, that you could retire a year of shirts. And so people who get in on the end of the year would continue to get them throughout the rest of the year. But it seems like now they're saying, well, that's not really a thing. We didn't implement it. And I'm like, what the heck? I can't be the only person who's giving their patrons years worth of stuff. So um, I'm working on figuring that out. So more news on that. But if you, as of next month, are signed up as a tier four or higher, you'll be getting new new set of shirts. They look awesome. We'll share them very soon. And if you're tier three, you'll get some stickers. So um, other than that, stay tuned for more news about how how this shakes out. I'm going to see what we can do. But also another way to help us is ratings and reviews on Apple Podcasts. If you leave a five star rating with some words, we'll read it out on a future episode of the show. And leaving a rating on Spotify is also an another way to help us out it helps a ton we really do appreciate it all right let's move on with the rest of the show spit it out or are you trying to build suspense you're so dense sir obviously i do not know as much about human relationships as i thought all right so back back to this we have 
a uh, another question with a lot of different answers. Number eight says, if there was a spin-off Mass Effect TV show slash anime, which of these topics or settings would you prefer? And the questions range from the first contact war, the Rachni war slash Krogan rebellions, a standalone origin stories of the squad mates, um, Andromeda post game, Asari Justicars, or CSEC crime drama slash film noir detective story. All of those sound fun. What do you guys think? What did you expect would be the, the top answer? I uh, I'm very biased because this one came from my own noggin. The CSEC crime drama, slightly inspired, by the way, by the Mass Effect Blue Shift podcast. Um, I was just thinking of CSEC like Law and Order SVU. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and how fun of a series that would be. Mm -hmm. I kind of expected that to to have more responses than the one that ultimately did end up being the plurality answer. What about you, Cloudy? As much as I love a good pulpy noir film, I am not surprised by the first Contact War. I think it'd be really cool and exciting to see, and I think it would really set a nice groundwork for Mass Effect, because you don't have to talk about Shepard, and there's also lots of fighting and action to keep people busy. That's true, that's true. Yeah, so the results show that that is the top answer, the first Contact War, with 43.7% of results. Next, we have at 18.4, the standalone origin story of the squad mates at 17.1, the CSEC crime drama. So, Sam, that one gets in there at third place. Um, the Rachni War at 10.4%. And then next up is the Andromeda postgame at 5.4 and the Asari Justicars at 5.1. So, yeah, I, I think I would have expected the first contact war. Everybody likes a good prequel these days. Given these answers, I think we can take one thing away from them. The fact that, okay, so you look at the first contact war, that's the most popular one. Uh, behind that, standalone origin stories of the squad mates. Behind that, the CSEC crime drama, and then the Rachni, Krogan rebellions, uh, and then Andromeda and SR Justicars. I think it means that people would want a series where humans are at least tangentially involved. Mm -hmm. Yes, absolutely. I mean, there's a reason why um, almost every, like, uh, Get this, in Star Wars, the fact that we have an Ahsoka show coming out soon, that will be the first non-human pr main protagonist of a Star Wars anything ever. I mean, maybe not the comics wow. and stuff, but like on-screen stuff. And it just goes to show that like, we want to watch the humans be the main characters because we identify with them. We want them to have cool alien friends because that's cool too. But it's hard for us as an audience to identify with a non-human character, or at least we assume that to be the case. Cool alien friends would be an excellent alternate name to Mass Effect. <laughs> cool alien friends. That's that's going to be the dating sim version that we talked about <laughs> way back when. Cool, cool, cool alien, alien friends. friends. You know how we were making we were making that band shirt with all the different band names. Well, mm -hmm. now I think we should make you know like TV sitcom names. Ah, starting yes. starting with cool alien friends. Cool alien friends. That's the sitcom. That's the one where they all hang out at the central uh, coffee place. It's just called Central Coffee Place. Oh, man. Central Coffee Place. It's going to be a hit. All right, let's move on. we got to get through these. Number nine, best villain in Mass Effect. This includes everything from the Elusive Man, Harbinger, Sovereign, The Collectors, Saren, Kai Lang, Don, uh, Udina, <laughs> the Batarian Bartender, <laughs> Shepard's Inner Demons, and Shifty Space Cow. What do you think? What did you expect? 
did not expect so many people to say uh, to respond the way they did for Shifty Space Cow. That's for sure. Uh, wow. <laughs> Cloudy, what, what wow. was your first t- takeaway? I expected the elusive man because he's the coolest villain I've seen in a video game in a long time. And it's Martin Sheen. Like, it's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not surprised he took almost 50% of the pie. Yeah, so yeah, he has 44.8% the elusive man. Then next on the list is Sovereign with no, I'm sorry. Next on the Saren at 20.3%, then Sovereign at 9.2, then Harbinger at 8.9, and then the next big one is Shepherd's Inner Demons at 5.1. Uh and then the collectors are 3.5 and then everybody else is like itty tiny bits. Yeah, 5.4%. That's Shifty Space Cow. You better watch your back and your credits. So, (laughs) (laughs) All right. Let's move on to number 10. Who did you romance in Mass Effect 1? The options are... The options are limited is what they are. Mm -hmm. There's only four. Ashley, Caden, Liara, or no one. What did you guys think? I anticipated a lot more, uh, a lot more Ashley and a lot more Caden. Hmm. Hmm. Cloudy? I did as well. I wasn't expecting this pie. This is ridiculous. This, this looks fake. It's like so perfectly split between them. And I was not expecting Lara to get 50% of the pie. I was expecting her to win, but not almost half of people. That is very impressive. Yeah. Liara gets so many 40, people. 47%. Uh, next on the list is no one at 24.6. People would rather romance no one than Ashley or Caden. That's what this means. You'd rather be celibate. Yeah. And then Caden gets 14.8% and Ashley gets 13.6. I wonder if Ashley's number is less because Liara skews female looking like two female looking well i i think i think what's going on here is that you can romance liara as both bro and femshep and if you were to add the addition the the percentages of ashley and caden you'd get about uh what what is that 28 percent. so that's actually more than the no one category and like cloudy brought up to me earlier the people that pick no one they could very well be saving themselves quote unquote to romance tally or garris true true there is that man so that's interesting any other thoughts on that one not right. really i mean romances in mass effect one were limited and straightforward and i think the big takeaway here is that people really like liara yeah so the next one we've got a bunch of options who did you romance in mass effect 2 and multiple can be selected so of course we have garris jack jacob kelly miranda samara tali uh thane Remained faithful to Ashley, remained faithful to Caden, Liara, or no one? What did you guys think? Big old no one one coming in statistically significant again. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Well, if you were to add up remaining faithful on both of them plus the no one, right? That creates a a much bigger number. Yeah. Um, So here, let's let's pull up the results on this one. There's... I feel like there's a lot to parse on this. So... The, the the one with the total that has the highest is Liara, 37.5. Then Garrus at 29.3. And then Tally at 21.5. But if you were to add up, I don't know, I'm just quick math here. Remaining faithful to Ashley or Caden and then no one, that gets 6.3 plus 6.9 plus 4. So now that's probably the next highest. Then you have Miranda at 15.8. 
and Jack at 9.5 and Kelly at 7.6 and then all the way down here at the bottom Samara at 0.9 and Jacob poor Jacob at 0.6 yeah yeah so I, I again a decent chunk of our uh, audience is choosing to remain celibate in Mass Effect 2 um, However, I think the Liara Shadow Broker DLC one, I was surprised to see that high of a number given that it was part of a DLC. And I know that a decent amount of players did not buy the DLC prior to Legendary Edition. Of yeah. So I have to wonder if like what percentage of our of people who answered these, their first playthrough was like Legendary Edition, maybe because it's been out for a while now. And That's there's a true, whole man. new audience of people who got into the game because of that. And Cloudy, correct me if I'm wrong, I, I can't remember the specifics, uh, but I'm pretty sure that if you romance someone else in Mass Effect 2 before you do the Shadow Broker DLC, then you cannot romance Liara. No, you can. And you oh, feel you guilty as heck. <laughs> it is awful. Like, if, if I accidentally did it, I was just like, oh, she'll come up to my cabin, and I was just picking the Paragon stuff, and I was like, oh, no. <laughs> oh, no! Scene, and then she takes your eye color, it's like a, a sorry thing and she's walking out of the ship with your eye color and you're like, yeah, no one's going to find out about this. <laughs> Oops. Boy. Oh boy. Uh, was the picture, I, I know that you romanced Caden in Mass Effect 1, was his picture on your desk face down? <laughs> <laughs> oh no, you're muted. Oh, wait, unmute yourself. Say that again. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, I think, I think it was. Might have been down and a space hamster was placed on top. Oh no. oh no! The space hamster saw everything, uh, by the way. But that makes sense if you can, if you can indeed romance Liara and someone else in two, and multiple of these answers could be selected. It makes sense why Liara took a commanding thirty-seven point five percent of that vote. Uh, Garrus, of course, only coming in f a little bit behind. But Garrus is not—you cannot be poly polyamorous with Garrus. I mean, I don't think so. No. Yeah. All right. So. Next one, we have the romance options for uh, Mass Effect 3. Check these out. We've got Ashley, Garrus, Jack, James, Liara, Miranda, Caden, Kelly, Tally, Thane, Trainer, Samara, or no one. And coming out on top again, Liara and Garrus. Liara's at 31%, Garrus at 29.4. Then next on the list is Tally again, 22.2. So some people are just sticking with them, you know? Stick with the favorites. And then we have a tie. Caden and Ashley tied at 11.8. And then Trainer at 10.8. And then uh, Miranda at 7.5. Jack at 6.5. And uh, Kelly at 2%. No one at 2.6%. Samara at 0.7. And James at 0.3. Nobody likes those human boys. That's one person. Yeah, that's yeah. that's one person who liked James, and I think I might know who who said that. Um, <laughs> uh, but seriously, again, vindicated. Ashley and Caden Mansers, you are equally significant. Equal, equal, <laughs> exactly equal. That's amazing. Yeah, both answers. Eleven point eight percent of gamers liked romancing Ashley and Caden in Mass Effect Three. Um, but you know, very close answers between Liara and Garrus of most romance so that i would have guessed garris and tally liara was a surprise to me yeah yeah cloudy any thoughts the biggest surprise to me is that trainer was so high up because trainer beat 
people that you could romance in two. So she beat out Miranda, Jack, and Thane for more popular. And I was so surprised by that because she's added as the third one and people complain like, oh, you only get her for one game, so who would romance her? A lot of you, apparently. <laughs> Some people are just looking for and options, spicing things up. The other thing, and, you know, I just thought about it with Liara is maybe people like being able to romance the same person in all three games. And Liara is really the only person that you can do that with. Yeah, but would they know that of, going in if it was their first time playing? That is true. If they've already chosen Liara in the first one, then and they, then they see an opportunity yeah, in the second one. That's true. And, you know, our statistic in the first one was 47%. Right. right. So that's true. Yeah. Claudia, you have something else? Yeah. So speaking of spicy, uh, I did some <laughs> cross analysis. So I was curious if you play as a really renegade chef, who are you romancing? It's trainer at 16% of renegade players picking her. Huh? Yeah. And so I, she's, I guess a really good partner or like a foil to evil shepherd. And then number two Weird. is exactly split between Tally and Garrus at 10% each. So if you play really renegade, you're going to romance trainer apparently. Weird. I wonder why that is. Some people listening to this feel very attacked. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'd say probably about 11%. Um, but <laughs> the next question is a different take. Who would you like to have romanced, but you didn't have the option? And people could submit, it was short answer, and they could put different and multiple answers separated by commas. So we have a lot of different answers to this, but we have a few that kept coming up. And I feel vindicated because of how often I've talked about it on my own streams. But one of the ones that, that came up the most, Dr. Chocolates. I mean, Chocwas. <laughs> Dr. Chocolates. <laughs> yeah, okay. Dr. Chocwas came up a lot. Uh, and short of Dr. Chocwas, who, who else did we see, Cloudy? Uh, my personal pick, which is Kasumi. She's a DLC character in Mass Effect 2 that you can't romance. And mm -hmm. I... It's really bummed by that. And then following, I'm not judging. Um, number three is Joker at 4.9% of you. And then 4% for Arya. Really Ch thought Arya would be higher. <laughs> yeah. Uh, some of these others coming in like Javik. Kind of, kind of weird. You, you kind of mm -hmm. can. You kind of can romance Javik, but it's not in the way that most people would want to. <laughs> It's it's okay. So what happens with Javik is if you stay celibate as Femshep and then you do the Citadel DLC. The way that I understand this, I'm still in the middle of my play my playthrough as Femshep, but if you stay celibate, you do the Citadel DLC, you wake up next to Javik anyway. <laughs> okay. And it's like, come on. All right. That's weird. I guess you're going to be forced into a one-night stand with Javik. Yeah. Yeah, the other one on here is Edie. I think that's interesting. You know what would suck about having a one night stand with Javik? I just thought about this. <laughs> even if even if you got very drunk and couldn't remember it, he does and he can make and he can make you remember it. <laughs> right? Also. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. So we have one more left for this episode. What class do you play as? Adept, engineer, infiltrator, sentinel, soldier, vanguard. Did you guys have expectations on this one? I did. 
um, again, personally biased, but uh, and f- just given what I've I've heard speaking to people in in the forums and whatnot, the results were not that different from what I've heard. But I really expected Vanguard to take more of the pie. Yeah. So here goes in order: twenty-seven point one percent. We've got Soldier, twenty-six point eight Vanguard, Infiltrator at twenty point five, Sentinel at ten point seven. Adept at 8.5 and Engineer at 6.3. I mean, that jives pretty well with what I would expect, too. Definitely. Just one one person is the difference there between Soldier and Vanguard. Um, and I just, I really expected to hear more Vanguard um, fandom here. Because I've, I've just, I've spoken to so many people and they're like, yeah, oh yeah, Vanguard and Mass Effect 3 is like superpowers. And it's like, yeah, it is. Um, mm-hmm. Also expected Engineer to be higher. Only 6.3%. Kind of surprising to me. Yeah, I kind of expected that one to be the lowest. Like, I I don't know. It just makes sense. For some reason, it's the least appealing to me. Maybe that's why. Why why do you think Soldier would be so high? Because Soldier doesn't have access to those tech or biotic abilities. Because it's familiar. I I can shoot a gun. So I just want to be good at shooting guns because I like to play shooters. So you just have right. to focus on one plane of combat yep. instead of That's multiple. It. I'll let the other guys do do their magic stuff. <laughs> I'll just shoot things. That makes sense. And and soldier becomes a pretty viable class uh, later on. But in in the original Mass Effect three, of course, or Mass Effect one, uh, you could only wear heavy armor if you were a soldier. And yeah. people like wearing yeah. heavy armor, being protected. That's so. true. That's true. Yeah, Cloudy. Any thoughts? I was really surprised because Bioware, when they released stats, said 40% of people picked Soldier. So we are way under the margin for that one. It's like 27%. That's way less. And it, 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 Jump in real quick. That may have been a more male group than the group that we got on this. Like, I would assume that men are more likely to skew Soldier on this than women are. And I think we probably have more women chiming in on this survey than on the Bioware one. Yeah, the Bioware one was pulled directly from the gamer profiles, so they just pulled it from the game, so no one had to fill anything out. But yeah, I would agree there might be a bias here of gender on Twitter. Yeah, my guess yes. is that women were more diverse in their choices. Yeah, um, I think, yeah, certainly our demographic that we've t- we've polled is, is significantly different from the Bioware one, and I'd love to know their methodology. Um, but I think with this class thing, the difference between Soldier and Vanguard, we, we can take that and kind of extrapolate some other uh, inferences that there is a decent amount of people who play as a Soldier and or a Vanguard who also chose Destroy, no matter what which of those classes they picked and no matter what they picked soldier vanguard uh they also uh preferred the black widow which is interesting hmm. because hmm. i'm a vanguard i like using the black widow in mass effect 3 even though vanguard is definitely not a sniping class yeah it's just fun to snipe stuff but well guys we gotta wrap up this episode we've got 10 more 10 more we've started at 15 15 to 25 10 more questions, 11 more more questions to go through. (laughs) Math is hard. Uh, And we'll be doing those on the next episode. But let's wrap this up. Cloudy, you want to share anything you've got going on or ways that people can reach out? Yeah, I'm in the Robots Radio Discord. uh, It's Cloudy Atlas. And I also have a Twitter. It's also Cloudy Atlas, but 22. And I post Mass Effect art. Awesome. Awesome. Sam, you got anything cool going on? 
As always, I'm streaming Sassy Shepherd Saturday. Didn't have time for it this weekend. I was out of town, uh, but I did stream a little bit earlier on Thursday. So if you want to keep in touch with my schedule for streaming, I'm pretty up to date on my Twitter about it. You can follow me at In7TheLegend on both Twitch and Twitter. Uh, but I will be coming up on the midway point of Mass Effect 3 on my first Fimship playthrough, so be sure to follow me there. Um, and that's about it. Awesome. This show goes live on twitch.tv slash robots radio. That's also where I stream games and hang out with the community. I'd love to chat with you about all the different lore stuff that you are interested in and you know, just hang out and talk sometime. So come on by. Uh, that's what we got for this episode. But if you're in live chat, we're stringing together both of these recordings together. So don't go anywhere. We're going to follow up with the second recording here. If you are listening to this at home, don't worry. We'll be dropping this next episode at the normal time, which is now on Mondays because our new recording time is on Fridays. Everything's kind of mixed up. Don't worry. We'll remind you in the future. (laughs) Thanks for being here, everybody. We'll see you next time. Stay safe out there. Thanks for tuning in to the Mass Effect Lorecast. We'd love to hear your opinion and thoughts on the lore of Mass Effect. Reach out to us on Twitter at Mass Effect Cast or check out the Robots Radio Discord. Also, you can send us an email at MassEffectLorecast at gmail.com. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.